Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We're dad and daughter with me, Lauren. And me, Graham. And last week we had a week off, didn't we? It was international breaks. What are you thinking about all the international matches at the uh, moment? Just seems to be all the um, managers mourning about the injuries and all the extra matches and stuff and travelling around the world and coronavirus and all that stuff. Just doesn't so. seem like the right time to be doing it, really. Well, I think I think if you've got competitive internationals, then maybe that's fine. But uh, playing friendlies in between just seems weird, really. Yeah, that's true. Well, I'm going to be touching on that a little bit later. Um, but we're going to go back to reviewing some of the Premier League, Championship League One, League Two from this week. And I'm going to start off by talking about the Premier League and going through some of the key matches to note from the weekend. So really, really big result for Tottenham Hotspur 2, uh, Man City nil. Obviously, it was a tactical masterpiece from Spurs and Jason Mourinho just seemed to get it bang on point. Um, Harry Kane was just an absolute joke. He's playing ridiculous. He was playing every position. They showed his touch match and um, literally all over the pitch. And that's 12 points from eight games in City, and it's City's lowest points total at this stage of the Premier League season since 2008-2009, while their 10 goals scored is their lowest after eight games since 2006-2007. So it's kind of a bit worrying times for Man City at the moment. What are you thinking, Dad? Why, A, are they not winning? Well, obviously it shows they're not winning because they're not scoring, but why is that? What do you reckon the scoring drought's all about? Uh, I think Aguero's been in and out, obviously, but David Silva was obviously a big playmaker last year and they haven't quite managed to find that uh, replacement, really. Although Fordin probably should step into that role, but it's early days, isn't it? Yeah, and I think um, overall maybe the intensity's not quite there. I think they were showing previously Man City would have closed down and the gaps that some of the City um, Spurs players had, like Harry Kane, was ridiculous. So, yeah, great result for Tottenham. Um, Overall, what are you thinking about Kane and his role within the team and how it's changed? Oh, he's playing brilliant, dropping back into midfield a lot, really uh, winning balls and distributing. And yeah, it's gone up a notch. Mm, and working so well with Son, obviously. Um, and then another match I want to mention was Fulham 2, Everton 3. Five goal thriller at Craven Cottage. Everton back to winning ways after they were four games of that win. So I kind of forget that they had a fantastic start to the season and then just been slipped, uh, slipped recently. So yeah, great result for them. Another two goals from Calvert Lewin, who I think is top goal scorer at the moment now. Fulham have missed their third penalty of the season after Caviero blazed it over the top. I think it was Lookman that tried the Penenka a couple of weeks ago and then Mitrovic missed, I think, the week before that. Three penalties to miss. That's pretty huge, isn't it? Who would you, I mean, who would you put as your penalty taker if you know two of them already missed it? I'd go Mitrovic all day long. I mean, he's got a good record. It's just, you know, go give him the chance. He was on the pitch at the time. It's quite interesting that they didn't pick him. Um, so Everton now on 16 points. They're looking good. Very worrying fixtures over Fulham coming up. The next three fixtures, away to Leicester, away to Man City and home to Liverpool. Can you see them getting any points there? Leicester, Man City, Liverpool? Uh, maybe Man City, the way they're playing. You never know. You never know. And then finally, you had on Sunday night, Liverpool versus Leicester. 3-0 to Liverpool. Starts off with a 21-minute own goal by Johnny Evans, which wasn't the prettiest. Um, but then goals from Jota, Firmino, sealed the three points, which means Liverpool have now moved level on points with the Premier League leaders, Tottenham Hotspur, and have uh, obviously thwarted Leicester City's hopes of going top uh, with an outstanding performance and victory at Anfield. And then they've established a new club record of 64 home league games unbeaten, 
which broke their previous uh, best run, which was set between 1978 and 1981. And uh, it, it itself was ended by Leicester. That could have been ironic someday, but it was not at all. 64 home league games. That is an absolute joke. And a lot of people would say, oh, that's due to the crowd. But it's just ridiculous. It just shows how well they are playing. And I think a lot of people maybe have started to doubt them, what with all their injuries. Obviously, Alexander-Arnold's out for a little bit. Gomez, Virgil van Dijk. Uh, Salah wasn't obviously playing due to COVID. So, um, yeah, a very dominating performance and a convincing win. And uh, obviously, Spurs, Chelsea have all got their work cut out. That is for sure. So that was my roundup from the Premier League. And into the Championship, a couple of games to mention, a couple of high-scoring games, actually. So... um Top of the table, Clash, uh, Bournemouth versus Reading. Uh, Reading had lost uh, the last four. Well, they have lost the last four now because they lost 4-2. So uh, they were 2-0 up at half-time, which is um, you know really good start, obviously. First 45 minutes they dominated. Zhao's 10th of the season, 2-0 up. Jason Tindall, good young English manager, must have given uh, Bournemouth a bit of a roasting and changed the tactics at half-time. They came back out and got four goals and won 4-2. Solanke got a couple. And Cook scored an absolute cracker from the edge of the box. Reading down to six. Like I said, they, uh, they started off really well, looked really good. Saw them in the nil-nil draw against Blackburn. They looked pretty good, actually, but um, seemed to have lost the mojo a bit. And Bournemouth up to second behind Norwich. So, yeah, that was a good match. Um, Norwich had a good win, actually, one nil away at Middlesbrough. The other one I was going to talk through, though, was a seven-goal thriller at Stoke. Stoke beating Huddersfield 4-3. And it was a game that swung... Backwards and forwards, backwards and forwards, very exciting. 68% possession, actually, Huddersfield. So they they bossed the game in terms of possession, uh, but lost 4-3. Campbell got a couple. And Stoke are now up to seventh. So Michael O'Neill, we talked about him a couple of times this season in these podcasts. Michael O'Neill, former Northern Ireland manager, doing a really good job at Stoke. And probably they had a bit of a poor home form last couple of years, Stoke. So maybe Stoke are one of those teams that are benefiting from not having fans in the ground because it is a, having been there, it's quite a lively stadium, quite intimidating. So maybe they, uh, maybe they're benefiting from that. But a great four-three win for Stoke against Huddersfield. Interesting that Norwich and Bournemouth, both teams that went down, obviously relegated from Premier League, they haven't really changed their squads much, have they? Not really, no. Uh, I think Bournemouth, the main change, has been the manager, probably. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's true. So, would you tip both of them? Do you reckon they're both going to come up naturally? Uh, I think you got Watford as well from that group of teams that have gone down that might go back up. They're sixth or fifth, I think, at the moment. Uh, and Stoke, I think Stoke has still got some real big players in their squad, so they're heading back in the right direction. They're seventh. So, yeah, it'd be interesting, actually. Right, rant time. So we kind of touched on it earlier at the beginning. I This is, again, we've had ones that could be a rave or a rant. So it starts off as a rave, but then I've flipped on its head as to why it's a rant. So they announced this week that the EFL clubs have allowed five substitutes for the rest of the 2020-21 season, which I think is great. So the championship allowed to name nine now um, on the bench, and League One and League Two are allowed to name seven. Obviously, both still only allowed five substitutes instead of three. So that's really, really good. I think that's the right thing to do. However, my rant is the fact that the Premier League are still only sticking to three substitutes. I think what with internationals, and you've got cups, obviously your leagues and your Europa leagues and things like that, throw in then injuries and then throw in COVID. I just think three substitutes is pretty ridiculous. Is that mainly favouring just the top 
six clubs if they were to get more substitutes? I haven't got a clue why they would not want five. I, I just don't see any logic. It makes, you know, you don't have to use them. I don't, I just don't, I, I don't really get it. Yeah, like I was looking at the people that have been the clubs influenced by COVID um, just this week alone. Obviously, Mo Salah took the headlines. Doherty from Spurs. Arsenal have got Elneny and Glazanec both out due to COVID and things like that with the travelling that they've been doing. So I just think those are actually four players that all start for those teams that are naturally being ruled out. And then, like I said, you've got injuries and other things like that. So I generally don't understand now why that uh, championship below are getting to have five substitutes and then the Premier League aren't. So I get why the managers are kicking off. Do you reckon they're going to change it or is it literally just, I don't know, is it because it's under a different I umbrella? Have, it is under a different umbrella, but I just I just don't see why you wouldn't do it. It just doesn't make, I can't see the logic. Yeah, and considering the fact they let them do it at the end of last season, then theoretically not really much has changed. Actually, they've got more fixtures than they did at the end of last season. So yeah, that's my rant. It's a ray for the um, lower clubs, but unfortunately for the Premier League. They need more substitutions, I think. So my rant is, uh, played it before, but penalties, just I'm getting a bit confused. Is it, you know, that whole, if you make contact with the ball, then make contact with the player, is that a penalty? Is it not a penalty? Um, I just I just find that a little bit weird. I know we had the Jordan Pickford thing where he kind of got the ball and kind of then put Van Dijk out for a season. So, But some of them, it's a, it's a light touch of a player. They give it, then VAR doesn't give it sometimes. They don't give it and VAR, VAR does give it. I just think it's got very, very confusing and I don't think the players help no, in terms of attackers because they'll be down like a shot if they think they can get a penalty. Yeah, One of the managers this weekend, so you could hear it from the bench. Uh, that it was a penalty. What he could hear was his player scream yeah, yeah. Uh, as he rolled over and tried to get a penalty. So I just think it's it's all a bit weird. Uh, the fact some of them can't take penalties or score is another matter, but uh, I just think the whole penalty rule and just being a bit more clear and... Um, that just I mean, there's a, a penalty, weird. at least a penalty every match. Pretty oh, there's much. massive. Yeah, they're talking, was it United who've had 40-odd penalties in 20-odd matches yeah, or something? It's just... That. How does that even work? There's more well, than a penalty a match. It's just weird. It is, um, yeah, there's too many penalties and then too many VAR ruling out, ruling in. So the penalties out. is purely because VAR is now in place that there's more penalties? Uh, no, I don't think so. I think it's just... Just I, the rules. They, just the rules are a bit weird and I think referees are... That's a bit soft, really. Right, into League One. Some really high-scoring matches, starting off Fleetwood Town 5, Plymouth Argyle 1. Back-to-back wins now for Fleetwood, and they've had nine goals in two games. So they're on a roll. Um, And Plymouth undefeated in five matches before the match, so that means it's an even greater win for the Cod Army. So Fleetwood now only one point off the playoffs, and Plymouth in 11th, and they're five points off the playoffs so really good result for Fleetwood Town and they're definitely on fire with the amount of goals that are scoring at the moment. And then two teams fighting for survival at the bottom, Wigan and Oxford. And it was a win for Oxford too at the DW Stadium, one against Wigan. So Oxford picked up a deserved three points thanks to goals from Matty Taylor and James Henry. And it makes it nine losses now for Wigan, joint with Burton and seven points at the bottom. And Oxford have now won two out of the last three matches. So they're 12 points. So they're in 19th place and they've got Rochdale and Bristol Rovers just below them. I think they might be in the same points, but different goal differences and stuff like that. So a huge result for them, but it's looking really, really worrying for Wigan. Actually, um, going back to Fleetwood Town, I've got to say that Charlie Mulgrew scored, didn't he? 
Yeah, yeah, still knocking about 34, I think is he, he is. Well, he, he scored half a dozen a season, really. Scoring, uh, good on free kicks, that good left foot, good in the air. So, yeah, no, he's a good one, for especially for League One. He's a great player. I just thought of him. Did he go to Wigan for uh, from Blackburn to Wigan? Yeah, he's on, I think he's still on Blackburn's books. He's, uh, on, he went from Blackburn to Wigan on loan. I think he's... I think he's still on loan uh, to Fleetwood, actually. So I don't, I don't think, I think he's still a Blackburn player. Yeah, so two northern teams, obviously Fleetwood Town won. Unfortunately, Wigan lost. And then the last one, Peterborough won, Blackpool two. Peterborough were knocked off the top of the league one after Gary, um, is it Gary Madden? Is that how you pronounce it? Gary Medine? Medine, I think, I yeah. I think it's Medine's last gas strike. Snatched a fifth successes victory in all competitions for Blackpool. So they've got a lot of form at the moment. Back-to-back losses, though for Peterborough and they now drop below Hull who on the flip side have had back-to-back wins so Hull are in form and Peterborough arguably not so much in form and yeah Blackpool doing really well at the moment three League One wins in a row so they're 14th on 16 points so that's my up from League One and then League Two was great match Crawley versus well great match for Carlisle who won 3-0 at Crawley interesting Crawley had had a 14 match unbeaten home run just short of a year unbeaten at home and then Carlisle came along and uh, beat them 3 nothing. and it's the heaviest ever defeat under the coach John Yems so what a great day for Carlisle Bennett K-Ride K-Oden Hayden scored takes them up to fourth actually Crawley 12th uh, they did have a sending off but it wasn't, wasn't until the 80th minute so it didn't really influence the game so a brilliant win for Carlisle and if you look at the stats from that match Crawley had six attempted shots none on target Carlisle had 23, 12, 12 on target. Wow. So what a brilliant what a brilliant away match for uh, for Carlisle. Fantastic. Exeter had been on a 13-match unbeaten run before Oldham uh, beat them 2-1 at Exeter. So a really good win for Oldham. Oldham probably a lot of people's tips for relegation. All the goals were in the first half. Drops Exeter down to sixth. They're always fifth or sixth, it seems to feel, Exeter. Mm-hmm. And takes Oldham up to 17th. Uh, a brilliant win for them, really. And Harry Kuehl, ex-Leeds and Liverpool player, of course, the older manager. So, yeah, putting together a couple of good results and um, he could be a good uh, good manager, Harry Kuehl. He was, he was a cracking player, left footer, and uh, could be doing a good job there at Oldham. And then finally, just dropping down into the National League, one to talk about, which is um, Yeovil, who not long ago, they were in the league, of course, the rock bottom of the National League, and they got beat 3-1 at home by uh, Hartlepool. Hartlepool weren't on a particularly good run. So Yeovil, you'd think they might have got something out of that match. So it's worrying times, definitely worrying times for Yeovil who could uh, need to get some points or the guys, otherwise they're going to be going down again. Outside of the Premier League of the four divisions, divisions, Championship 1, 2 and 3, and uh, sorry, 1, 2 and National League, uh, Yeovil are now the only team that haven't won a match. Oh, um, of okay. course, in the Premier League, uh, you've Quite got teams, few. which all could change, of That's course. That's true, yeah. But yeah, so Yeovil, the only team outside of the Premier League not to win a match. So come on, Yeovil. Okay, Rave. This is where we celebrate something that's happened in football, something that's cheered us up maybe. Um, do you want to go first with your Rave today? Yeah, of course. Yeah, my Rave's about uh, Ray Clements sadly passed away oh, this week, yeah. but... Um, just remembered really what a fantastic player he was for Liverpool, Tottenham and England, Scunthorpe as well originally. What a fantastic character and some of the papers did a brilliant uh, summary of um, what he was like and behind the scenes, things like in training where he wouldn't ever play in the nets in training, he always wanted to play out uh, in outfield 
and everybody stayed away from him because he'd clatter them if he got near them. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, what a brilliant character ahead of his times. Match of the day showed some footage, some of his saves and things. So, yeah, I thought that was a really, uh, a really sad thing to happen. But definitely, definitely the way in which the uh, the papers and the media managed to make it a real celebration of a brilliant uh, career for Ray Clemens. Any goalkeepers these days that kind of share the same characteristics as him? Because he was before my time, so I'm not really aware um, of his style. But any uh, goalies that you seem to think might have had an impact? Well, yeah. I guess the one really, I think Schmeichel's an interesting keeper. He's had a long career. He's still a young, youngish. Casper. Casper Schmeichel's, I think. He's had a long career. He's not, he's not as uh, charismatic as his father or... Uh, Clements, but um, he's a. I mean, he's a, a, a becoming a legendary keeper. Yeah. Uh, I think Allison's got a bit of character about him. I just think that uh, I say it was it was Clements was somebody who was really ahead of his times. He wasn't afraid to come out of his box in a time when most keepers wouldn't. Yeah. Um, he was happy to distribute um, from the back, which again, in those days, lots of keepers weren't. So uh, yeah, good uh, good effort from the uh, the media. And then my rave, obviously I mentioned Tottenham against City earlier and the fact that Josie Mourinho just did a tactical masterpiece. So I've kind of looked back at some of his hilarious quotes and I just think we've got to, because a match of the day they showed about him saying he'll sleep like an angel tonight after the results. So I just think Mourinho, his honesty and some of the quotes that he comes out with are brilliant and it's worth noting some of the uh, classic Mourinho quotes. He once said, look, I'm a coach, I'm not Harry Potter, <laughs> about being a magician. Um, this is when he's talking about injuries. Now, I don't even know if this makes any sense. This was back in 2007, but I think he did one recently. It was like having a blanket that is too small for the bed. You pull the blanket up to keep your uh, chest warm and your feet stick out. I cannot buy a bigger blanket because the supermarket is closed, but I am content because the blanket is cashmere. <laughs> Sounds like Peter Crouch's bed, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, sure. that's true. Um, and then he, but please don't call me arrogant because I'm European champion and I think I'm a special one. Is that where the whole special one came from? Probably, yeah. He said that, um, so I presume that's where the whole special one came from. So yeah, I just love Mourinho. Keep going with the uh, quotes and like on Amazon Prime documentary, he's hilarious and I think he's great for football in the Premier League. Barnet of the week. Go on, Dad. Who have you got? Whose hairstyle's been jumping out at you? Well, it's uh, a chap, I can't pronounce his name very well, Bobby Dover-Reed, who was one of, one of a number of Reeds playing for Fulham today. That's true, actually. Yeah. And uh, actually, yeah, he's, uh, I couldn't describe his hairstyle. It's a bit, well, you'd, you'd know what it all is, but it's certainly I've never played football against somebody with such yes. an extravagant and... Um, uh, incredible hairstyle as Bobby De Cordova Reed. So he, I mean, he sounds like he should have a good hairstyle with that name. And he yes, has. he has got a very good hairstyle. Mine's um, quite simple, actually. Thirty-year-old left back for West Ham. He's actually in his seventh season now. Aaron Cresswell. So he's he's on a bit of a roll. He has three assists, three clean sheets so far this season. And overall, his Barnett's very smart, short at the sides, kind of a bit of a gel combed at the front. But looking there, very smart people like Scott Parker, Declan Rice, all kind of rocking the uh, very classic English, I would say, footballer's haircut. But yeah, Cresswell seems to be doing it for me this week. And ones to watch. So we've got midweek matches um, for some of the championship below teams. Do you want to go for your ones to watch? Yeah, I'll stick with the midweek. So in the championship, you've got Stoke versus Norwich. So before Stoke are seventh, Norwich are top now. They're two big teams. So 
Uh, that's a, already so early in the season. That's a big match. So that'd be really interesting. Stoke versus Norwich, and then one sort of mid-table teams uh, local derby. We saw this match last year actually. Preston versus Blackburn. Preston twelfth on sixteen points. Blackburn fourteenth on fifteen. You wouldn't guess either of them will get dragged into relegation. You would guess either of them could get into promotion places. So that'd be an interesting local derby. And then in League Two, a couple of good matches to watch there. Cheltenham versus Cambridge, second versus third. So that'll be uh, quite an interesting match. And then uh, Tranmere versus Carlisle. So as I said before, Carlisle have gone up to fourth with that 3-0 win at Crawley. And Tranmere actually won 5-0 against Grimsby yesterday. So um, they're on great form. So a 5-0 team versus a 3-0 team. Uh, who wouldn't want to watch that? Yeah, that should be a lot of goals. And then I've gone for League One Tuesday night, 7pm. Ipswich versus Hull, a bit predictable because it's third versus first. But both are on very similar kind of form. Both have won three out of their last five matches. So that should be very interesting. And then also from League One, Swindon versus Lincoln. So Swindon are 18th, but Lincoln is sixth. However, Lincoln haven't won in their last three matches and Swindon had a good result against Bristol Rovers over the weekend. So just one of those ones that you think Swindon could get back-to-back wins seeing as Lincoln haven't quite found their form in the last three matches. And then obviously Premier League, they've got next weekend, you've got some matches, Sunday, 4.30, talking a lot about um, one of these teams in particular this week, so it's Chelsea versus Spurs, obviously Lampard versus Mourinho, Mourinho against Chelsea's old club, only two points between them in the table, and get this for a run of form for both teams at the moment in the Premier League, Chelsea undefeated in seven and Spurs are undefeated in eight. How do you think it's going to go? I mean... Two teams I'm really enjoying watching playing at the moment, so it wouldn't be nil nil, surely not. I think it could be a draw, but not nil nil. I think it could be, yeah. I think I think a draw, a draw, or just a Chelsea win. I don't know. It's a funny one, but I think I'd, I'd probably uh, bet on a draw. Yeah, their last Premier League meeting in February, Chelsea won two one, but a lot's changed since then, especially for the Spurs mentality. So yeah, it should be an interesting one. <laughs> Right, that's it for Football Chance, a rants with the plants this week. I forgot to say we didn't even mention the fact that pay-per-view has been scrapped. That's because we mentioned it. I know, I was about to say, have they been listening to our rants and now suddenly the government have changed it? That's definitely right. Could well be. So we're back with some more Football Chance, a rants with the plants next week. (laughs) 